to the point where I even remember like being at school and just wanting to go home and watch porn. And I would be itching all day just to like have that moment of like, get on the bus, go home, go straight. It was almost this routine of like, go straight to my room, like shut the door, like pray that no one is going to knock or come in. But I guess thankfully in that area as well, my parents, because they worked late or they came home late, they weren't going to know. And my younger sister wasn't going to come and disturb me because we weren't that close. And so I would watch, like just sit in my room and watch porn. And then of course, like, and as I'm sure a lot of viewers can relate, you know, like you. Hey everyone, you are listening to The Happenance Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Casadillo. Now, every Monday, I'll be releasing a podcast on a range of different topics to do with travel and adventure, to overcoming addictions, and also about journeying with God. This is a place where people from all walks of life can share their story, the good, the bad, the ugly, and with vulnerability being the weapon. Time to make it happen. Hey everyone, what's going on? You're listening to the Happenance Podcast. Um, I'm sorry that I haven't uploaded in the last few weeks. Um, life has happened and I have, am quite sick, so I have a bit of a cough. So you might hear it throughout today's conversation. Um, but today we're kind of talking about what what most of my content has actually been about lately. All about porn. Um, but I have someone here who we... I guess got along on quite from the get-go as we talked about our like-mindedness on what we've got to do about this topic, how we're going to bring it to churches, what we've got to do about it. Um, and it was pretty crazy just how quickly we um, really got into it. And her name is Iz. Iz, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. How are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, a little bit nervous, but yeah. I feel, yeah, I'm excited, excited for what God's going to do in this. So yeah, yeah let's Come on. go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, so first of all, here we go again. <coughs> Please God help with my cough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me a bit about, I guess we can kind of do small talk, but yeah. people don't care for small talk because no, it's a podcast. Let's go, let's go straight in, into straight it. Straight in the deep end. What was the biggest thing for me is why I really wanted to get you on here mm-hmm. is to really put into the fact that it needs to be, um, it needs to be more out there that yeah. women struggle with porn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's something I get more a lot of the attention on is can you do something on the women's perspective? Yeah. In Christian circles or um, circular circles, either yeah. or either, there needs to be more. Um, I guess, open of dialogue. Um, So we're going to start from the very beginning of your kind of timeline Mm -hmm. with that. Um, I guess, fire away. Yeah, (laughs) my life story. (laughs) Your life story. Um, Yeah, well, I was born in Australia. Um, I've got two parents. I've got a younger sister. She's two years younger than me. Um, growing up, I actually grew up in a Catholic household. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit different to where I'm at now being Christian as well, because the church that I grew up in was actually a cult. So right. it wasn't like your yeah, everyday Catholic church. Um, yes, yeah, so I grew up with a lot of different views and different rules. Is that kind of like community living or just, um, it wasn't so much community living, but we did all live in the exact same area, which I did think was just normal growing up. I thought oh, it's normal that we all go to the same school. We all live like within a five minute drive from each other. So I guess yes, but no. 
Right. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And what was that what was that like living in a cult? Um, well, I was about eight years old when it actually shut down. So looking back now as I'm older, I can see, okay, that wasn't normal. Those were definitely weird. But as a child growing up, I didn't have any like, this is wrong. Because when you grow up in that environment, you, you know what you know. Yeah. Um, and you're taught what you taught and you think like your, your way and your pattern for thinking and living, you think it's normal because mm. that's all that, that you, you've known. Yeah, you, or um, you're exposed to. Yeah, exactly. Can I ask why did it get closed down? Yeah, so, um, and I haven't looked too much into it and I'm actually quite at peace, um, <clears throat> sorry, not knowing all the details, but, um, and my parents did an amazing job of actually sheltering us when it did shut down. We just thought we were leaving church and moving out of our house and moving school um, so there's a lot of changes, but we didn't think too much about it. It wasn't until we got older, um, my parents started to share a little bit, but still not the full story. And I'm happy not knowing, but my sister did find a news article last year sometime. She wanted to know why it shut down. And it was basically um, the senior pastor um, was sexually abusing a lot of the women in the right. church, unfortunately. Right. So yeah, he was um, convicted. Uh, well, I think actually, yeah, he passed away before he was um, able to go to court. Right. Okay. And how did that kind of, when you learnt that, how did that make you feel when you reflected on in the past? Like, Oh, I felt so sick. Yeah. Um, I really did. Because when I look back at my childhood, you know, it was someone, um, like it was a very tight knit community and it was someone who I grew up with as a father figure. And so okay. I was quite shocked to yeah. read what I was reading on the news and I kind of did, I didn't want to read it. Like I kind of took a glimpse, told my sister to turn the computer off cause I wasn't wanting to, yeah, I didn't yeah. really want to see that yeah. side of yeah. my childhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then going from there, once you left the cult when you were eight. Yes. I was um, year three. Year three. And then you're going through all these changes and all this kind of thing. Mm. So when did, um, where did life kind of take you there? Yeah, so it was quite a drastic change looking back now over my childhood when we left. Like things all of a sudden changed quite drastically and quite quickly. We moved out of a really nice area and we moved into a really small house. And I didn't see, I didn't start to, I didn't see a difference until we moved school. And at the time I was going to private school until I looked at a lot of the lives my friends were living and friends were commenting on my family living situation um, you know, I was looking around seeing all these perfect families whose parents were constantly there, dropping them off in the morning, picking them up, um, uh, you know, in every single assembly. And, you know, people would comment, you know, your parents are never around. You know, my parents, they full time worked in the city and then my mum started a business. So they were never around. Um, you know, people started to comment on the area in which I lived in, which was quite a low socioeconomic um crime area in the northern suburbs and as a child you know you don't see that mm. um and when kids at school are talking about like you know my parents won't let me over to your house because of where you live or um you know you live in a really like dangerous part my parents don't want me to hang around you and wow. I started to be because as a child like you know I'm only eight nine years old I didn't understand what that meant I didn't understand why people weren't allowed to hang out with me yeah, um, yeah. based off of where I lived. And I started to get, I guess, quite angry at my parents. Um, they were never around. Um, we would often, my sister and I, be left um, home or by ourselves or we had 
we were constantly in after school care till really late hours. I just, I started to get quite angry at the fact that my parents were never around. Mm. Um, so how long yeah. was that kind of lasting from when you were eight till how long was that? them working all the time yeah. they still full-time they still full-time, full-time on work the, okay um, all right sometimes right. late nights right um yeah. right okay and then so how was that then going into like a key development development stage in your life going into high school when you were 12 13 what started to happen there yeah it i looking back now i can see like how much it really impacted me and i guess that's where um like when you actually look at what the root cause of a pornography addiction stems from the reason people view pornography um is because of a lack of intimacy and it's because of a wound of intimacy and when i started to look into that i realized looking back over my life yeah there was a big you know like intimacy issue in the home of an absence of parents being around and because of what happened at my church um you know we fell away from the church um my parents um, particularly my mum didn't want to go anymore. We would go every now and then because being Catholic, you need to do um, confession and communion to be considered um, holy. Um, right. Is and that I like guess, at mass or whatever? It's yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we would go every now and then. But yeah, and then my mum, unfortunately, she fell into um, an alcoholic addiction. And so the only times I did see her um, when she was home was when she was drunk. So I felt like... I had very absent parents because I woke up and I saw them and then they would be at work and when I came home, my mum would be drunk or she would be quite, you know, quite angry and violent and we didn't get along and my parents were fighting a lot and so I guess that kind of started the, you know, the intimacy issue because I'm seeing all my friends at school with these perfect families of Mm. parents who are constantly there giving them what they want and you know, that's what I wanted. That was my heart cry. And there was that, you know, like I didn't get along with my dad. So there was that, that father wound and hole within my heart that I began to pursue in the wrong areas yeah. um, of my life going into high school. Cause I was just so angry. Yeah. I was angry and I would blame my parents for everything. Cause you know, you're not around. Um, why do we live where we live? Because of what people are saying. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was a big impact and starting point. For my life, yeah. for my childhood. And can I ask, like, what was your kind of confidence like going into high school? Yeah, so I think starting out in high school, my confidence level was really low. Um, fortunately, I did go into high school with 90% of my year group since my high school was connected right. to the primary school. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So in that aspect, it was good. But then I guess like my confidence was, yeah, it was really low. I wasn't comfortable with reaching out to new friends um I kind of stayed back for a little bit lingering with the friends I had from primary school it wasn't until um yeah I remember like friends that I was hanging out with making comments about other friends who I was hanging out I started to form like a really strong connection with a group of like um girls who actually lived in the same area as me and caught the bus home with me and I guess like halfway through year seven I made the switch to that friend group after um One of the girls I remember, and it stuck with me till today, like I've forgiven her, but like I just remember this comment so clearly of, um, we don't want to hang out with you because um, you're hanging out with black people. Right. And that was quite heartbreaking. Um, And I don't like, yeah. And I think it was just because, you know, like I was one of the only white kids on the bus Mm. (laughs) back to the area in which I lived in. And I loved these girls. Um, They were my friends. And so as soon as like, 
um, my old friends made this comment. Um, like I just wouldn't stand for it. Yeah, um, I yeah. thought it was just a really disgusting comment to make. And so I, my friend group like completely, um, switched and I mm. saw, um, I guess my confidence did start to, um, change and I got a lot more and I don't think it was like anything to do with who I was hanging out with but one of the girls who I got very close with um and is still one of my really good friends today um we just got up to a lot of trouble and like going back to childhood like I guess not having parents that were there like having absent parents um a lot of the time and just being so angry um at my parents at the world um I just wanted attention and so we did start to I guess create a lot of trouble in class a lot the two of us so my confidence like did change the second half of year seven right Mm -hmm. yep yep okay and was it in how old were you when um pornography started to be a factor in your life oh I think it was about halfway I'm I'm pretty sure looking back it was somewhere around year eight eight. that it started and it was and how did it start so i well i guess it like before even like clicking on pornography because you know when you're a child no child just wakes up and thinks you know what today i'm going to google pornography like you know it starts somewhere and going back to that whole it's an intimacy issue that's exactly where it started the wound of um you know, not having parents around and the wound of like, you know, not having a father figure, I started to seek attention, um, with boys and I started to search up like, you know, like before the porn even came in, you know, I started to search, you know, really inappropriate things up online, like Googling images or, um, going into year seven. I remember like getting out erotic, um, novels at the library. And I guess that was the crack in the door Mm -hmm. that kind of opened the doorway into this world of um, pornography before, you know, like the whole lust issue before it had even started. And so then going into year eight, I remember having a sleepover at one of my friend's house. And this one night she just says, hey, do you want to watch porn? And I remember being really taken back, not because I didn't want to. Was she quite nervous asking you? No, was she... she was very like upfront, right. like, hey, like, um, look, a friend showed me porn. Do you want to watch it? Right. And I remember... And this was in year eight? Yeah, this was um, sometime in year eight. Yeah. And I remember being like actually quite excited because all these things that like was almost leading up to of like Googling, of novels, it was great. But, you know, there was no actual like finish end to mm. like what I was actually searching for on the internet. It was always, I guess, like, um, what's that word? Like consorted what like concealed like not showed right like images were blurred and i was like yeah. i just want to see the images oh, censored and censored yeah, yes yeah, that's the yeah, word yeah, yeah. and i would get so frustrated um yeah. um oh yeah and even before like going into um pornography another big doorway that was one of the um big like um yeah like factors into this was a magazine that my parents gave me a subscription to at the beginning of year seven and it was called girlfriend magazine and great magazine on like makeup tips all this like girly stuff but there's this section in the middle that's completely like closed off and it does say like you know warning like content may not be suitable for some people if you want to read it you need to like rip the seal in the middle of the magazine was it like 18 plus or uh it actually didn't say anything about 18 plus it just said like if you're comfortable with reading it you can rip it open. Right. So yeah. I'm, you know, like beginning of year seven and I'm thinking it's stuff to do with like, you know, your period. And to be fair, there was a lot of that stuff, but I just remember, you know, and because this magazine is t- targeted for teenagers, which is, I guess, like 
well, 12 is not, I guess, considered teenager, but like, you know, year seven to 12, 12 to 18, I guess yeah. I would consider like teenage age. But what I didn't realize when I ripped that open would there would be a lot of things that are very much for an older audience of 17, 18 year olds. Yeah. Um, and so when I opened it, my eyes were kind of open to all of these very graphic descriptions because it was questions and answers sent in by teenagers all across Australia on like really intimate anonymous things they wanted to have answers for. So when I opened it, like my little year seven mind is blown by all these, um, you know, conversations that these 18 and 17, 16 year old girls are, you know, asking and having about, you know, this is how I masturbate. Um, this is what, how I want to have sex with my boyfriend or this person or like, I'm pregnant, like, what can I do? Like, all these, like, very graphic, deep things that I shouldn't have seen. And that was a big factor into, Mm. like, oh, like, it almost okayed what I was Googling. Yeah, it's like... um a lot of things for guys is when they read like target catalogs yeah. and it's like lingerie and um, bras or whatever. And obviously uh, a young person wouldn't masturbate over that, but it kind of stimulates and triggers this yeah. kind of, um, I'm not sure what, thinking. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And so reading that because the subscription would come to my house monthly, I would almost, yeah, I'd get really excited for when it would come. I'd go straight to that section. I'd rip it open because I just wanted to know I thought it, it almost okayed yep. what I was already googling because beforehand there was this you know like you're looking at these images and there's that deep innate guilt in all of us which is why we hide it which is why we pull up the private browser like no one tells you like pull up the private browser as a kid but you just do it because you deep down know like okay what I'm doing is wrong I mm. don't want anyone to find out I don't want my parents to find out mm. or anyone in the house to see what I've been searching and so it kind of okayed like how I was feeling and what I was viewing. So when that conversation in year eight came up of that friend at the sleepover saying, Hey, do you want to watch porn? And I'm, I, cause I thought it was illegal. I thought it was hard to access. And I said that to her and she's like, no, you can literally type up Pornhub into like Google and it's going to be there available for you. And I thought that was at the time the greatest thing ever. And she showed me how to do it. She's like, you know, pull up the, that black Google browser on yeah, Safari. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. I think it's the hidden browser or something. Or private. In- incognito? Yes, incognito. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And she typed That's in... That's almost scary for me to say. I you know, know it is. We're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. Exactly. Yeah. And like she, you know, types in Pornhub and it pops up and I'm just thinking like, oh my gosh, as if it is this easy yeah. to view porn. And so that was my first experience. Like she's like, you know, starts typing in Um, all these different things and like we sat there watching and I just remember going home the next day and that's exactly where it started and it just spiraled from there and just became the normal thing looking at porn like daily or what yeah like daily um to the point where I even remember like being at school and just wanting to go home and watch porn and I would be itching all day just to like have that moment of like get on the bus go home go straight it was almost this routine of like go straight to my room like shut the door like pray that no one is going to knock or come in but I guess thankfully in that area as well my parents because they worked late or they came home late they weren't gonna know and my younger sister wasn't gonna come and disturb me because we weren't that close and so I would watch like just sit in my room and watch porn and then of course like and as I'm sure a lot of viewers can relate, you know, like you 
you watching porn, then you masturbate, and then you feel so sick and dirty afterwards. Like you clear your browser, you sit there and you just almost like have a cry. You want to like, I remember some moments I'd like feel like I just want to dry reach because like I knew what I did was wrong. And then you say, oh, I'm not going to do that again. That feels really gross. And then you're back to doing it next the next day. day. Yeah, yeah. And can I ask like at the sleepover, was it kind of, was it like, I guess like what research is really showing and what the kind of danger is, is that lots of young people who are starting looking at from nine to 11, mm. they're already watching content that, dare I say, lots of us um, watch when we're 20, you know, and it's a lot kind of, um, what's the word, I guess like mature or like hardcore pornography and things yeah. like that. And they're already watching it at nine and 11 already now. Yeah. Whereas beforehand it was like this lingerie that was this yeah. target things and all that. When you were in high school, was it quite graphic and quite, um, or was it like more to like movie sex scenes? What was it like to you? Oh, well, like, I guess even before watching porn, I guess I would always do the old, like, um, skip the movie Into to, like that, a sex to the sex scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. but then like, obviously that doesn't satisfy, yeah. which is where that whole, like, I'm going to view porn because it's satisfying what I'm searching for. You know, the movie always cuts mm. and you'd be like, oh you kidding me yeah, like it's yeah, ended yeah, yeah. um and starting off like it wasn't that hardcore like i just remember she pulled up a cartoon which mm. as i remember yeah. what it just started off with was um the cartoon section yeah. of Pornhub yeah. and then it escalated from there because then it became a normal thing as well when i would go to like no one knew i was doing this except her because you know she was the one who got me into it she was quite open about it we would go to her house without a doubt every sleepover we would watch porn and then it even escalated to the point of like, okay, you go to one room, I'll go to another. After we watch porn, we'll masturbate. And then like when we're done, we'll just hang out afterwards. Right. And it just became like a normal thing. And I thought it was okay because someone else, I yeah. knew someone else yep. was doing it as well. Yeah, 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 right. And then going from there after like the sleepover and then watching it very consecutive daily, mm -hmm. um, did you start going into relationships that that went with porn and things like that? Did you, did that not feel a need for relationships? How'd yeah. that go? Um, I guess cause I was still young. I wasn't, I mean like, and I'm, I'm not sure if like every other girl can relate, but you know, you grow up watching, you know, these Disney movies and then like adult romantic movies and like every little girl, particularly like, especially if you've got a father wound and um, intimacy issues where I did which is going back again exactly why I was searching and wanting porn was because I had no one to be intimate with you're going to start looking for that in a partner and wanting a boyfriend and you mm. see all the older girls in high school and they've got boyfriends and you're like I want that that's the mm. dream you see the movies of like you know the high school sweethearts they get married and so it's almost like yeah this unhealthy view as well like in movies of like this is what a perfect relationship looks like, yeah. um, you know? And so, um, yeah, like halfway, like the beginning, I think of year eight, like um, I became friends with someone uh, who'd moved over from a public school and our relation, she kind of opened me more to that world as well. Not so much pornography, but the real life side. And so I, you know, I'd be in my room watching porn and that was one thing, but it was another to be immersed in that world. And she was the one who, you know, because I was angry and I was, again, searching for things. No one ever forced me to watch porn. I wanted to. Mm. No one forced me to do drugs. I wanted to. And so when I became friends with her, she's like, I do drugs, I smoke. And I thought, you know, great. 
I want, I actually, yeah. I want to do that. It was almost something I was searching for. And so I very quickly became friends with her. And when I did, um, started to hang out with who her friends were and a lot of them were older boys and I started to be exposed to this world of, um, you know, her going to guys' houses and, you know, sleeping with them or doing things with them, um, you know, for money or for mm. other reasons. And yeah. I, my eyes were open to the real life world of that. And after all that, like I'd just been thrown into this world of drugs and money and sex and mm. I loved it. Yeah. And from there moved in year nine to a public school. And just from there, I just had this hunger of like, where are the like-minded people, you know, mm. like I'd come from a private school. Everything's quite, you know, um, hidden away. This stuff isn't yeah. like, as it is like, you know, private schools and public schools are completely different. So going from a private to a public, it was like a whole nother world, you know, like particularly the school I went to, you know, like you could smoke in the bathroom and you could smoke behind um, the science block. Yeah. And if a teacher caught you, it was like, just put it out, just put it out. Right. Um, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to look, I'm not going to see, just quickly put it out. Um, you yeah. know, like I remember people like having sex in the classrooms, like when the yeah. teachers went in, like it was just a completely different worldview. And of course, like as soon as I got there, like I met someone mm. and, um, you know, like we hit it off straight away and I, you know, became best friends with him. And then we dated on and off for a year. Mm. And I think it took about, oh, I don't know, like a few months into the relationship before I said, because I thought, you know, this is something he's going to like. I feel like every boy watches porn mm. and he's going to like the fact that I watch it too. So mm. I told him like, hey, I watch Porn. Or I think it didn't even like come out like that. I think I made a comment um, one time when we were on the bus together when one of those English cabs drove past and I made a comment that it looks like fake, fake taxi. taxi. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And basic and he was like, What did you just say? Right. And I was basically like, You heard me. And then we went home, of course, as you do, because yeah. he was like, Oh my gosh, my girlfriend watches porn, she's wow. okay with it. And we went straight home and it became another vicious cycle yeah. of seeking you know gratification from him and mm. trying to fill that void in my heart with him and with porn and now i had them both together mm. wow wow and had what was, did he kind of tell you how long he's been looking at porn for was he just was was this in year eight or year nine this was the beginning of year nine when i got in a relationship with this person yeah and i i think I don't even remember having a... Because, you know, you're right. You're not that deep. Yeah, And absolutely. we did, definitely you're did not. not have a deep relationship. It was, yeah. a, it was a very toxic relationship um, mixed with, you know, drugs. And I had, you know, mental health issues mm. of depression and yeah. self-harm. Yeah. And you're throwing pornography in the mix. You're not going to yeah. have to sit down and have yeah, this deep yeah. conversation of, oh, wow, tell me how long. Like, yeah, it yeah, was just yeah. like, you watch porn? Sick. Yeah, I watch yeah. porn? Great. Let's watch it together. Yeah. And then how did... Um, like, when did you start seeing, I guess, like, were, were you ever, like, unsafe or anything like that with some of the maneuvers that he wanted to do sexually or anything like that? Was it very perverted? Uh, there were times where, like, you know, we both had our different preferences of porn that we like to watch. And we would just, you know, have these little, like, 
arguments of like, well, I want to do this because this is what I want to watch or uh, vice versa. But I never felt unsafe in that area because there was plenty of other separate areas that I felt unsafe with him. Like Mm. when we would argue, he would get really violent. Um, So that was more of an area I felt unsafe with. If anything, this was more of a safe area because I knew if he was being stimulated in that area, he's going to be less likely to be violent towards me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then what, what kind of unfolded from there? How long were you guys dating for? So we dated on and off for about a year. And then towards the end of that, like, I just remember I had completely spiraled out of control. I was barely going to school. Um, I had some very horrific, um, suicide attempts, one where he even, um, rocked up to school. I wasn't there and he just knew that that meant I must have attempted and I remember him rushing over to the house um and I think I was I was either in the bathroom or on the bed and there was just blood everywhere and he came in and he was screaming and like we were just both spiraling like he started to get really hooked on some bad drugs and Hmm. um started to I remember pick drugs over me and I got really angry and saying like you know can't keep ditching me to mm. go buy drugs, um, which right. is funny because I would do the exact same thing. And I guess towards the end of the relationship, he started to, I guess, behind my back sort of date someone else, but use me just for the sexual side because this girl was not giving it to him, but he knew he could use me. And because I was in a very unhealthy, unhealthy mental state and I was already going... Um, to like a mental like health. I think I was going to headspace at the time and missed out on a lot of school. He knew he could manipulate me in that area if he just said the right words. Right. He could use me. And then this one day I went to his mum's house. She just took one look at me and I was just in a super unhealthy state. My arm was bandaged up and she was like, I'm sending him away because you are going to kill each other. Right. And she sent him to another country and we basically broke up. Right. Yeah. Right. Was, I can only imagine how much, how bad that must've been for his mum to send his, her son away. Yeah. Her only son. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And And that was beginning of year 10. Right. And then going from there, when he left, did you date someone else? Was porn still a massive factor in your life? Porn, from what I can remember, was still a factor, but it wasn't, something that I really remember because at that time, as soon as he left, like Mm. things really started to more than ever escalate. Um, I mean, they already had, um, like right before he got sent away, um, there was this one night and actually at the time my parents had gone back to church all in the middle of this. I think it was year eight. So while I'm still at the private school, they'd gone back to church and they had become radically saved, completely changed. Like my mum uh, yeah, like alcohol had turned around, like my dad, um, their relationship, you know, was turned around. They were still absent though in my life and I actually didn't get along with them very well. Did they try to make an effort? Um, you were like neglected? You, you neglected them? I remember being very vocal constantly that the fact that they were never around, though I don't remember and they could have, but because of what I was going through and being in a very like suicidal selfish state i was only looking you could only see red i could only see red yeah and 
but they'd gone back to church and they'd been radically saved and it was a completely different I remember my dad saying you know I found a church and we were just like you know oh my gosh my mum wasn't even that keen at the time from the experience that we'd had growing up and so you know and this was a completely different church it was Christian Pentecostal and which is a big change from a Catholic cult and I remember going a few times on and off and just thinking this is whack people are raising their hands like I'm not for this. I'm not waking up early on a Sunday morning. Um, my dad tried to make us come like, hey, you can wear whatever you want. Which I actually, that part I did like. I liked that I didn't have to dress up. But yeah. I didn't like the youth leaders. The girls were so happy. Always like, hey, Iz, how are you? You're so cool. And I just remember like being so angry. Like, get out of my face. Right. Like, <laughs> go away. Like, I don't want, like, I, I hated it. I would tell my mom, like, I'm not going to church. Like, I hate those girls. Like, I hate every part of it. Like I was angry. Like I didn't believe in God, but if the parts of me, I guess that was sort of believing was I'm angry at you because how could you give me this life? Right. And why yeah. would, you know, my boyfriend treat me like this? And so yeah. they'd already, um, yeah. So they'd gone back to church and been radically um, saved. Yeah. And so I, but like, I don't think going back to the question. <laughs> the but question, that was in year eight when they got radically saved. Yeah, I think I was year. I remember it was year eight or year seven because they would try to make me go to youth group. Yeah. I went once and I found it really boring. Right. And I never went back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Did you find like the youth leaders not genuine, fake, or anything like that? Or no, I did just, you did your brain tell you that? I think it was definitely, and you know, and when you're in a depressed state, yeah. I think like seeing other people so happy. Yeah. Especially if it's in a religious context, I'm like, oh my gosh, you bunch of fakers. Like, yeah, yeah. I would, and I think I was angry as well. Like, how could you be this happy um, yeah. when I'm so sad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then that, when then yeah. going from there, when you broke up with your boyfriend in year 10, yes, well, he when he left, yeah, um, going from there, um, did someone else come onto the scene? No, um, so I don't remember any other. There was no other guy, but I remember, um, yeah, just completely falling, like, even worse than before with drugs, with, mm. you know, like, I didn't have an eating disorder, but I would skip meals and I yeah. would just smoke and smoke and Get drink. Get caught up in the hookup culture as well? Or? Um, not yet. That actually came later on. Yeah. But I basically spiraled out of control and then it wasn't until... Um, the 10th of April, 2015, when everything changed. And that was the beginning of year 10. Mm-hmm. So that was right after he left. And there was this one night where I was in my room, you know, I'd had plenty of suicide attempts, but this was my, this was my moment that mm. I decided I'm going all in. And I don't remember messaging anyone about it. I, didn't tell anyone that I was going to do it. I just went to my room and everyone was home at the time. You know, my mum was in her room. Dad was watching TV. My sister was on the computer or something. And I just went to my room, shut the door. And before I'd even made a plan on what I was going to do, I got a message on my phone. And it was from a girl who I had not seen from for years. She had no idea who um, my friends were or where I was at, um, basically like a blast from the past. Um, And she has like a prophetic gift 
And so she basically, this message um, said, like, she was basically saying she knew what I was about to do and that there was a darkness that was after me and its goal was to take my life out and make me commit suicide. She's like, I know what you... And that freaked me out. The fact... I didn't believe in God and there were so many things I messed around with, but one thing that was almost a... (laughs) early boundary for me was I did not do horror movies yeah. and that side of things I I was so petrified yeah. by that and yeah. by the thought of any because I would always say in my mind if a horror movie came up like it's just a movie it's not real it's not real there's yeah. nothing like that out there yeah and all right yeah so seeing that message I and I'm like how does she know what I'm about to I didn't tell anyone like there's mm. no way that she would know and so I ran to my mum's room because I'm like, if anything, like she's got to be able to do something. Like you mm. see the movies when they're doing, I don't know, like a, they, they always get the Christian to come in and fix that kind of situation. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, my parents have been radically saved. They're going to church. Mum's going to have an answer for this. So I frantically like burst into her room and I'm holding the phone in her face, like hysterically crying and screaming at her. And I'm showing her and I'm like, do something, do something, like get out your Bible, like pray to your God. You need to do something right now. And she gets out the Bible. She pulls out her drawer and in the drawer, she's got all these, um, Uh, prayers that are of spiritual warfare and of binding things and breaking things and so she pulls out this one on breaking like curses and you know all these like dark like strongholds and chains and things and she prays it and I didn't feel anything and I'm starting to I'm having an anxiety attack like I'm my heart's racing like I'm crying and she just gives it to me and my mum was so calm in that situation she says go to your room and pray this And I just remember thinking like anything, I need anything to fix like what's happening right now. And I grabbed that prayer. I ran to my room, slammed the door shut, fell on my knees. I didn't even do a salvation prayer and ask for forgiveness. I just screamed out this prayer of like in the name of Jesus Christ. Like I don't even remember it fully, but it was a prayer that I prayed from that moment every night for two years. And yeah, it was like in the name of Jesus Christ to come against like depression, this and that. And in that moment, as soon as I prayed that, the atmosphere of the room shifted and my chest jolted and depression was completely ripped out of me and peace fell over the room. And I knew like there was no need to convince me or explain it. In that moment, I'm like, God is real. The Holy Spirit has just filled my room. And in that moment, the voice of God came and said, forgive others for you are now forgiven. And I just start <sighs> crying like the weight of God in the room was incredible like I've only had few moments since then that I felt the presence of God fall so thick than that moment in my room as a lonely like suicidal drug addicted like 16 year old on my knees haven't even asked for forgiveness and he's just come into my room completely filled it with love and told me I'm forgiven and I knew in that moment who he was talking about. And I knew in that moment straight away, I didn't need to tell God, but it was this un- mutual almost knowing of like, I'm a Christian now. Whoa. I've just been saved. Like I, I've just been, and I'd never seen a testimony or anything, but I just yeah. had this knowledge of, oh wow, this is my moment. I've wow. been, I've been set free. Like I was filled with the joy, like all of a sudden, like the suicide, the depression, it was completely broken off. 
and I knew he, what, who he was saying about the whole forgiveness thing was the first girl that my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend ever cheated on me with, who I was so, she, I was so angry at her when I found out cause she was a friend from school yep. and I tried to, you know, get her mobbed all these things. And I just got out my phone and I straight away like sent her this whole paragraph of like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is what I've been going through. I'm sorry for doing this, that. Please forgive me. I've just been saved and set free by Jesus. Wow. And, <laughs> wow. Crazy, but like that was the first thing I did. And then yeah. um, from there, like I remember a week later um, or two weeks later, like reading my senior pastor's like um, incredible, she has an incredible testimony. If anyone knows Jade Lewis, like please get her book, Golden Haze. It is one of my favorite stories and she was an ex-heroin addict and I remember my dad saying hey why don't you just check this out and I read it and there was this one moment of prayer where she said God make me hate drugs I put the book down I'm like wow I need to do that and I said God I pray would you make me hate drugs and didn't need to go to rehab that that addiction was broken the very next day I remember walking into school and you know I was I'd gone from smoking a pack a day you know wagging because I needed a hit and I'm just like no no more no more. I put worship on. I think it was Broken Vessel at the time. Yeah. And I'm just like crying out amazing grace. Like wow. I've been set free. But it was a journey because yeah. from there, you know, and like I had the revelation, I think like I was still, I think I was still watching porn until this one day I remember. And I don't even remember if there's a specific timeline. It must. It was sometime in year 10. Mm. Um, let's just say middle of the year mm. where I'm like, okay, pornography is wrong. I'm going to stop watching it. And that, that, cause there was so many things. God was just breaking off left, right and center because I was just so on fire for him. But watching porn didn't solve the problem. If anything, it, it wasn't even a bandaid cover up to this wound that started in childhood of intimacy and of mm. searching for searching for that Searching for that intimate and like God had come in, don't get me wrong, mm. but I wasn't dealing with the lust root that had been planted there as right. a child because yeah. I didn't even know that was a problem. I thought, yep, Lord, I've stopped. I've stopped watching and I would still go to sleepovers at this girl's house. And I remember I would watch it with her sometimes, but I just had this sense like she would say, okay, do you want to like go masturbate now? And I would say, actually, no, I'm not going to. And she got really disgusted. Like why? And I said, well, I'm a Christian now. I don't really want to do that. But there was so many other, you know, that was nowhere near where, if anything, the room, the wound grew from mm-hmm. there because I would sometimes go to church from that moment and I would have incredible encounters worshiping. But from there, because I was filled with such a joy and I'd seen my life turn around, I had forgiven this girl. I'd fallen into the popular group and I thought my life is so perfect I'm popular Jesus drank I don't need to do drugs and then from there I fell into um became an alcoholic because it almost replaced that and instead of porn I replaced it with hooking up with multiple guys every weekend and that became almost a um like I saw boys um as an object and as a body count of Mm you know, to my girlfriends, like I can pull more guys than you can this weekend. And so it was a journey that took a long time of healing because I wasn't rooted in church or a youth group. I had no, 
older women or girls around me in my life who were able to disciple me. So mm. I wasn't being discipled. So I actually had no knowledge of what I was doing was wrong because in my head, I'm like, oh, but God, I've already fixed all the un- unhealthy things. You've healed me of depression. Um, I'm not watching porn. So hooking up with boys is okay. And drinking is okay because you drank, you know, you turned the water into wine. That was your first miracle. Like, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, I think we've all thought that. Yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. old, like, you're trying to yeah. loophole. Yeah. What, and so it was a it was a journey that I had yeah. to go on till I became, till I went all in for God. But in my mind, yeah. I was all in for God. You know, I was so proud to say at school to everyone, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But, yeah. you know, I'm going out every week and getting yeah. drunk. and. Yeah you know, doing things I should, I would swear so much. Um, but like, I had no idea that that was wrong and I would still go and worship every weekend. And I thought like, and I would encounter God. Yeah. And so I thought it was okay. And it wasn't until the beginning of year 12 when I just felt such a pull and a drawing of, I need to go back to church. And it was one girl who really like changed everything in my year group. And she was an on fire born again christian and she really challenged me because i remember this one day in hospitality class where i think she was she must have been listening to hillsong and i'm like oh my gosh i'm a christian too she's like great do you want to come to youth group with me on friday and i was just like oh we <laughs> had a good run <laughs> i'm like oh yeah i'm a christian but like you know like yeah youth group isn't my thing she was like well you're a christian come to youth group and she was just so loving she's like no like it'll be great we'll get bubble tea we'll go together so I did and it just pulled me back into this world of like okay this is what I want but it it wasn't until the end of year 12 this moment where um she like said hey do you want to come to adrenaline with me which was a big youth alive conference that would happen at the year is that like a young adults christian um it was a youth one like people from youth groups all over wa would like drive in for this it was at the big hbf arena right okay so it's like a a big teenage christian stadium yeah but it also is like all ages so like you could go like not with a youth group yeah Um, yeah. because it was part of perth for jesus conference and so we went and I just remember walking into the room mm. and, you know, the praise is on. It was um, Where You Are by Hillsong Young and Free. Yeah. And I remember jumping and feeling so alive. And that was a big, that was a big thing for me because that year specifically, year 12 and year 11, I was really into the rave and music festival culture. Mm. And you know, that I would have these moments where I would be blind drunk on the dance floor and I would be feeling like, you know, all I could feel was the base of like the, well, the base, like pumping in my chest and I'd have my eyes closed and I'd be dancing. But I'd have these really dark thoughts of my life has no purpose and where am I going? Like, mm. you know, the weekends are great. Sunday mornings are great, but then the rest of the week comes and you know, like, what, what am I doing here? Like, why mm. why am I waiting all weekend to yeah. get drunk and do this? And I don't think people would own that. I think people, I've felt those many times yeah. when you're just dancing drunk on the dance floor. It's like, because everything is built up to this. Yeah. The excitement of getting ready, going mm. out with your friends, mm. in the car, in this, with the ox cord, everyone's yeah. drinking, pre-drinks, everyone's vibing. But then you get to like the pinnacle of a... The night. Of the night. Yeah. And you kind of like, oh... Is this it? This is it. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so then when you're going to this adrenaline um, concert, you're dancing up and down. And what was your thoughts? 
I just thought, like I looked around me and there's tens of thousands of people in this auditorium. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm alive. Like it was this incredible moment of like for the first weekend all year, I'm dancing and I'm sober and I'm alive. And I never stopped. Like the thing is the journey up until then, because that was 2017. So 2015 was that moment where I'm like, yes, I've been saved. Mm. But it was a two year journey of like coming to that point and standing in that auditorium and I'm like, and I never stopped loving God. Like I loved him, just wasn't walking with Mm. him. And that was the biggest difference. I'm looking around me and I'm like, um, I was just going so hard. And here's an incredible part as well of that moment was I turned around and the person behind me who was worshiping their heart out was the ex-boyfriend whoa yeah that video is that there's a video of it actually on youtube that i often look back and i'm just like whoa god you were so good that same boyfriend who i think if anyone were to pick two people out of high school who were to just like if you if anyone from my high school i can understand if they were to vote both of us like most likely to you know have their life fall apart become some i don't know heroin addicted parents who can't look after their kids like if i'm honest that's where i thought my life was going that i'd be a single mom and this moment now where where two of the people in our high school who are on fire for god standing in this conference just screaming out worship to jesus and i love that I love that video. Every time yeah. I look at it, I get so emotional because there was this moment like we just turned around and looked at each other yeah. and we just smiled because we're like, wow, our God is so good. And it was that just before that moment, like just being in that room and that atmosphere, I was like, it was like my eyes opened and I was like, whoa, I've actually been, I've been loving you, but I haven't been living for you. Yeah. And it was that moment I drew the line and I realized I'd been sitting on a fence of Christianity that I no longer wanted to sit on. And I wanted... You know, I'm seeing these girls all around me, like incredible women of God, like so on fire. And I'm like, this is who I want to be because God, they're experiencing so much of you. I want that. And there was these top five things I said in that moment. Like I don't, I don't think I knelt down, but just out in worship, I spoke out gossip, alcohol, clubbing and partying, swearing, and my friend group, I surrender to you. Those top five things were the things that I was like, this is what I need to give up. And it was in that moment that all of that was completely broken. Like I broke off from um, the friend groups. I never swore again. Um, Shout out if you're listening to the people who know I say chicken nugget. (laughs) (laughs) Chicken nugget. I do. The other day the aircon was so cold. I was like, oh, chicken nuggets. Like (laughs) it's so cold. And everyone was just like, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah sorry (laughs) um yeah right i love that but yeah Yeah. and it was that moment that i went all in for god and i never looked back and coming out of high school because that was the end of year 12 Mm. and i guess in that i was so grateful for god for letting it be the end of high school because it was so easy for me to let go of those friends and i think i remember sending a message probably not wise at the time to the group chat saying just a heads up, I'm a Christian now, um, a serious one now, just in case you didn't know I was one before, and I'm not going clubbing with you guys anymore, and I'm not going to hang out. And that was probably not the right thing to say. It yeah. wasn't very loving, yeah. but I was just so stoked right. um, to be with 
to be all in now with Jesus. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was so passionate. What would you have done fire? differently if that happened now? Like, oh, because I think that's I a big sh- thing because I, we see that a lot is when people have these like transformation kind of experiences and they really want to take their faith seriously and they want to give up lots of things. A lot of the time I've seen that they really kind of pull the, the finger at yep. their friends who are yes. part of them and da da da. And do, would you say that also in the same time does like a misrepresentation of what it is yeah it did because then a week later i actually went to levers but the thing was i went purely off of i said to them you know levers is going to be um the last time that i do come out and party with you guys i'm not going to drink like i kept my word like that moment of adrenaline was Mm. you could not like that was such a significant night Mm. of my life other than like the first time on the 10th of april yeah that was the big moment for me yeah that's the moment that i consider like yes i got saved at 15 but that was my moment yeah. in life. Um, I think it was 17th of November. Um, yeah, that was the moment for me. And so I, I kept, I was like, I'm not going to drink. I didn't swear, but you know, I'll go with you guys. And it was that week that my eyes were, cause once you, once you go all in for God, like he's going to open your eyes to mm. what's around you. And my group of friends, we were so close. We would call each other family. Um, incredible, like great group of um, guys and girls who I still love so much today. But it was when I went to leave as a week later um, that my eyes were just open to this is not the friendships that I want around me. And I think I spent mm. a lot of the nights at Levers crying, like one right. particularly on the floor of the bathroom on the phone to um, my youth pastor and one of the girls from youth, just, I want to come home. I want to come home. I want to go to youth. I want to go to church. I just want to be with God. And I spent that leave is, I think, trying to convert people at the zone. Wow. So much. Like wow. one guy particularly, like, I think he, his friends wanted us to hook up. And I was just like, nah, I'm a born again Christian. Like, Whoa. you can add me. He, I think he asked to add me on Snapchat. I was like, you can add me on the Bible app if you want. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Talk about hard to get. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, so then going from there, now... Mm-hmm. Now with um, like after that kind of um, the experience of adrenaline, what was kind of your relationship with porn then? So porn had well and truly, like I said, that had gone in year ten. Yeah. Um, viewing it, and I know that's not the story to everyone. I want to be like so sensitive to that. Like, don't be discouraged by hearing like, oh, well, that's just so easy. Like, that yeah. doesn't encourage me at all. You saying that you just yeah. gave it up because I totally understand that's not how it is for everyone, but I just want to encourage everyone as well, just because the porn, you know, like porn is just like, it's a outward expression of an inward what's going on. And that can be expressed in many ways. Mm. And so even though I wasn't watching porn, the inward wound that I carried from childhood was, was still there and it wasn't dealt with. So I wasn't, I may not have been, you know, viewing porn, but I was still, yeah. You know, there was still that wound that I hadn't yeah. addressed. And I yeah. had a radical transformation, like yeah. glory yeah. Yeah. to God, but yeah. Yeah. it was still yeah. Yeah. there. And it yeah. was laying dormant um, for a long time until like, and you know, as soon as I got saved, I dated uh, one guy from youth ministry for, I wouldn't even say it was for a month. Um, but you know, like I was, you know, I just got saved and you know, like I remember, I think one of the first things I went to was at my church, a relationship, um, it was a relationship night. 
of like a panel of like single dating married and you hear all these incredible stories of everyone and you're looking around the auditorium and everyone's either you know the young adults are either dating or married because you know christians often get married you know quite young yeah and so i almost i started to fill that hole almost with like oh well i want to get married young you know you're hearing all these Mm. stories and testimonies of oh yeah we met in youth group at 19 married by 20 everyone around (laughs) me and i'm like oh and so when like i just got saved and a guy in youth ministry um the one who i dated for less than a month is like well I saw you worshiping and I thought I thought there's my future wife God I hadn't built that discernment or that relationship with God I hadn't even probably built my foundation which is why I'm so passionate now and I tell girls um you know when they first get saved is you know like you know take that time build your relationship with God know your identity in God because you know if Mm. you don't know who you are what you stand for you're going to project it and search for it like I was because Mm. I still had that hole in my heart Mm. i started to fill that hole and search for, I was no longer searching for like, I guess pornography, but I'm searching for like, oh, I need to get married. Yeah, like yep. I'm 18, uh, everyone's getting married by like 2019. I need to find someone like yeah. now. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. like, of course, like it didn't work out with um, the first boyfriend, but then like, you know, like I went into a relationship with someone very quickly after year 12 when I was in Bible college and um you know like incredible man of god like we dated for two years but you know that that hole was you know and that lust issue was still there like and something that i struggled with because i hadn't dealt with it and you know it came out in so many other ways like just because like you know the bible is very clear that you know jesus said even if you think it like even if you're thinking about a woman mm. or a guy like that yeah. that scripture is not just <laughs> yeah. context yeah. to guys but yeah. like females if i can talk to you for a second when you walk into church and you're like oh is that my future husband like mm. oh is that the, like you know and you're thinking of things like and you're picturing yourself with these boys and like i was like that's exactly what god was saying like that's just as bad as like if you're picturing yourself like sexually with a guy and like even if you're dating or even if you're engaged and you're having these like sexual thoughts of marriage. Like Mm. it may, and you try to justify it of, oh, but you know, we are going to get married and I'm, you know, picturing them like when we are married, like it's like, you think Mm. it, Mm. you've done it. Like God is so like, he's not going to, he said it straight out. And that was so convicting. And I just want to say like, you know, um, yeah, like you may not be watching porn, but if you were thinking of that, you are just as bad. Like I think so many times females will point the finger of like, oh, all these boys in church, they struggle with porn or oh, my boyfriend is this and that. And it's like, yeah, but like, are you picturing? Wow. Are you objectifying these boys? Like when you go into church and you know, you have some girls who are just so, like I was of like, I don't want to be single. I need a guy. Um, and you start picturing like all these men, like you're just as bad because the Bible is so clear. You think wow. it, wow. you've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it may not be the physical, you know, um, like the outward expression mm. where some guys and girls, you know, are looking at porn. But for me, that was definitely a big thing of like, I was thinking it. I can't point the finger and say, you know, like, oh, well, they're watching porn because I'm basically doing the exact same thing within my mind. Yeah. And I didn't even know that was an a wholeness issue until earlier this year when um the boyfriend that i dated and i broke up 
Right. Yeah. And I started to, I started to look at because, you know, and that was like, so that was probably like one of the hardest things I've had to journey with God, um, you know, was um, leaving that relationship um, because, you know, like I loved, and I still love him very much like, um, you know, as a yeah, brother. two years, right? Yeah, two years. You spend two years with someone and I really don't believe in, especially when you're a Christian of all, like of all people, you know, like the Bible is, you know, like love your brothers, love your sisters, like forgive one another. And I don't believe in, you know, like once you break up with some, you know, you see in the world, like people break up, they just begin to badmouth each other, mm. um, you know, and I think that's so sad because, you know, you've spent like, you know, a few years with this person. You don't yeah. just all of a sudden, you know, you loved them at one yeah. point. And yep. so, you know, I still love this. Um, so what's your, just quickly, what's yeah. your approach now on dating? Oh, it is so like, we'll get into that in a second. I'll just get to the, um, yeah. the re- oh gosh. Cause that is like, yes, it is. Oh yeah. It's a long one, yeah. but getting back to the, yeah. the whole, like yeah. of like when we did break up, mm. um, my prayer started to become, because you know, like, I'm like, Oh, how do you deal with this? Because in my mind, like, I didn't know how to deal. Like there were so many things coming up. I'm like, okay, how do you deal with a breakup being Christian? Because, mm you know, I've dealt with the breakups being not Christian and, you know, you deal with them in unhealthy ways. Um, and you know, that you have the unhealthy worldview, you know, your friends will say like, Oh, screw him. Like just get with someone else. But now that I was Christian, like I had to go on this journey of like, Oh God, what do I do? Because in my mind I was thinking, I didn't think I would ever have to go through this. I thought that, you know, we would be married by now. I thought that like, you know, in the next few years I would have, we would have a family um, and so like I had to grieve like all those things and my prayer started to become, how do I, like, I, I would say to God, like, how do I be single and how do I, how do I be Christian? Because I, I honestly don't know how to be single because my only worldview of singleness, um, is in a worldly place because when I started to, and then it almost brought up, I started to really dig deep and look at this almost like God revealed this wound. I didn't even know I had of this lust issue because I looked back over my life and I'm like, have I ever really been single? Like I'm looking at my childhood and I'm looking at, I'm searching up these inappropriate things. I'm, you know, going into early high school, I'm watching porn, I'm dating someone, we break up, I'm hooking up with multiple guys, I get saved and I've already got a boyfriend and I date them for two years and then now I'm like, oh, how do I be single? And, you know, I had so many incredible women that were able to speak into that, that got around me, um, my mentor and another, um, really great, um, woman in my life. And my roommate was someone who was just incredible because she's someone who so just, um, yeah, expresses that confidence in being single and Mm. that contentment of it's, I'm confident and content in my singleness, knowing who I am in God. And that's something that became my prayer. And I'm like, okay, God, show me how do I be single and help me to not fall back into a trap of, I didn't want to be the girl. I'm like, God, I don't want to be the girl that's constantly. And especially after breaking up with this person, you know, like thinking we were going to get married. I didn't want to be with someone anyway, Mm. but my fear was that God, I'm going to, it's going to happen again. I'm going to be with someone and we're going to break up. Um, and so I was like, okay, God, what? And my roommate was like, um, you know, why don't you, do a year of purity. And I was like, oh, that sounds so beautiful, God. Like to just spend a year 
just you and me in your presence, which I mean, well, we do every day anyway, but like completely consumed by you and you teaching me, like I wanted, like my prayer was, okay, God, teach me who I am again. And this wound kept popping up of like, God, I kept asking like, okay, God, why, when I look back over my past, did I run to boys? Why was I running to guys? Mm. Why did I start watching porn? Like, why was I, when I was single, why was I hooking up and objectifying every guy that I saw? Why, when I got saved, did I jump straight away into two relationships? Why did, like, like why? And I started to really search for what the root cause of this wholeness issue was because I didn't want to fall into it again. Um, and I didn't want to as well carry the weight of my past into my next relationship. I'm like, God, that's not fair. Like the next person and like, you know, God, like God willing, um, the next person who I do date um, is the person that I marry. But I don't want them to have to I don't want to project past relationships onto them so Mm. I'm like God let's deal with this now I need you to uproot and kill this whatever this is off now and so even then like I was still struggling and I didn't even know it was a struggle was lustful thoughts and even that like another thing was picturing like and it's so common like going back to that thing of girls walking into church and saying oh I wonder if I'm gonna find my husband like is that my husband like is that Mm. my and that is such a wrong mindset because the whole reason we're going to church is to meet with our heavenly father you know we're the bride he's you know the Mm. husband that he should be Mm. looking for um not anyone in the crowd females close your eyes during worship (laughs) and males actually as well and males I think we're just as guilty yes um and so I started to pray like okay lord I want you to reveal the root cause of lust. I need you to, because then my prayer became really great and my roommate got alongside me. We would watch so many sermons on this. I was like, I need, I want to journey with you um, throughout my year of purity. And, um, you know, we would pray. It was so great. I loved, you know, every Sunday night we'd go to church together and we would pray the whole half. Cause like it takes half an hour for me to drive down to um, Nations Myrie, which is the church I go to. And, We'd spend the whole time driving and we'd spend the first full chunk just praying like, Lord Jesus, close our eyes to boys. Like we are going tonight to meet with you, to encounter with you. So would you just close our eyes to our brothers in Christ? Would you help us to view them? Like I was like, God, I want to view every single guy now, not as like a, oh, this is a potential husband, but oh, this is my brother in Christ. And I'm going to honor and respect my thoughts of him because this is someone else's potential husband. And so I started to view every guy around me. This is my brother who one day one of my sisters is going to marry. Therefore, I want my thoughts to honor him, not just my like wow. actions. Wow. But there was still that in the back of my mind, lustful thoughts that I struggled with. And so my prayer was, God, I need you to reveal the root cause of all of this because it all ties in together. There's mm. one root and I need you to uproot it. And it wasn't until a few months ago, this one Sunday night at church, and it was an incredible sermon um by pastor ken fletcher and you know he's speaking about his experiences and i just knew i had a feeling of the sense of the holy spirit that something was going to happen i knew and i i'm i love going down to the altar every night anyway (laughs) to meet with my dad um my heavenly dad just to clarify um and that yeah even in that was a whole nother wholeness thing that i had to learn and be healed of this year was to view God as a heavenly father because of my relationship with my earthly dad, going back to that whole like absence and, you know, my dad and I didn't have the best relationship, but praise God that 
that has been healed this year um, when mm. I moved out with my roommate because um, that's only a new thing. Mm. Um, and my relationship with my parents has been just completely healed. Our God is so good and faithful. Um, yeah. But that was another thing that was tying into, like that, that was another thing that was a part of this route was me not being able to view God as a dad because yeah. I didn't have, I didn't know what a healthy, like right. earthly. Yeah. So like, it's so yeah. hard. Like, I would look, I would, and I would get so jealous because I'd look at these girls in church and they have the most incredible relationship with their earthly dad. So of course it's yeah. going to be easy for them to view their heavenly yeah. father. Yeah. But that was a journey I had to take and then got very well. Like that was completely healed. Like the beginning of this year was to see him as my dad and call him my dad. And, yeah. But then this whole last thing. Yeah. So anyway, I go down the front and this memory pops up so randomly and I'm like on my knees and this memory from childhood, this really like graphic memory that I didn't even know was there came up and to be quite honest like it frightened me I thought it was from the enemy I thought it was just a distraction that was trying to come at me during worship so I'm like oh lord Jesus take every thought captive remove this now and then you know my senior pastor she comes over she's like would you like to do some ministry with some intercessors and I'm freaking out because I'm like oh my gosh the intercessors are going to know this (laughs) thought that I'm having and this memory and they're going to call it out um they they didn't because you know that's not our God he's so gentle yeah he wouldn't do that yeah but this memory started to haunt me for the next two weeks right and it was in these next two weeks that oh my lustful thoughts were out of control and it was scary like I would and that was this year yeah that was this year that was only like a few months ago like when my um and like you know I didn't tell I was so scared to tell my roommate but it was consuming me every day and I think it was because God had what I didn't realize was this memory that God had brought up was a point that he needed to address and to heal but because it was so painful I was trying to suppress and ignore it and as a result I started to become so overwhelmed with lustful thoughts that I didn't want to leave the house. Like I would get so scared that I would like run into a guy because I didn't want to picture him in that way because I didn't want to be dishonoring. And I was scared of these thoughts and I was like, God, I don't like, you know, and I was praying and I remember like fasting, but this memory kept popping up and I knew, and I asked God, would you take it? And I just remember this little whisper of you need to tell someone. And I'm like, no. And I'd never said that to God. Like I've been so like yeah. always on board for whatever God's yeah. like asking yeah. of me. I'm like, yep, let's go. But yeah. that I just, and I remember it felt weird to say no for the first time to God. Right. And I just sat there and I'm like, no. And I just remember him saying, well, don't do it. Then you won't be healed. And I almost at, in the moment was like, okay, I'm okay with that. I'll just keep wow. going, getting yeah. tormented. Trying to be stubborn with the Yeah, child. I was being so... And I am. So, so I was like, fine, I'll just be tormented for the rest of my life. Wow. Um, like, so stubborn. And then this one night, it was so bad. And I was at my parents' house and they were just, my thoughts were out of control. I wanted to cry. I cried the whole way home. Yeah. And I come in the house and my roommate's sitting on the couch and I went to hide because every time I saw her, I just felt like God was saying, you need to tell her. Right. You need to share with her. And... I saw her and I ran and hid in the bathroom and right. I sat there like staring the wall and I'm like, Holy spirit, don't make me do it. And God's like, do you want to be healed? And I'm like, okay. So I like crept out of the bathroom and I'm like nervously like, I need to tell you something, but I'm scared of your reaction. And my roommate, she's just incredible. Um, yeah. She's actually in Melbourne at the moment. So right. I'm missing her a lot. Yeah. Um, she's like, yeah, sit down. And like, what, what were you feeling right then and there? I was so scared. I was scared of how is this going to come out? 
Um, is she going to judge me? And I knew deep down she wouldn't, but it was a very scary um, memory that I didn't know existed, you know, in my mind. Mm-hmm. That was clearly like God bringing to the forefront. And I'm thinking in my mind, it was at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, is this the root cause? Like that I've been, I've been praying for like a few months now, like God reveal so I can heal. And mm-hmm. healing is, you know, it's a painful like it's painful. Like it's not an easy yeah, absolutely. like thing to do, especially when you have to um, confront or tell someone mm. something that has happened. Um, and so I basically sat down on the couch and, you know, skirted around it for a little bit. And then we were like, okay, let's pray. So we prayed together. And then I just said, um, there's a memory that's come up from my childhood. I need to tell you about it. And I, and I shared it with her and then a few moments later, like, because as soon as I shared it, I I felt this weight lift off and something like something was about to break. And as soon as I'd like finished sharing it, we were just talking. And then I just had this moment of, oh, that a memory just popped up in my mind of the root cause. And I found the root cause of, you know, and it was just an incredible moment because Mm. I thought me sharing with her was you know it was Was done but really it was god saying like you know you like when i look back now it's like okay you've been obedient and you've shared something that's you know you've brought it to the light which is you know what god wants you know otherwise Mm. like when things aren't kept in the dark they need to be brought to the light um and this memory pops up and it was almost like this my mind was just blown of like holy moly this memory is where it started because I was wondering, I'm like, that can't be where it started. Like the memory that I first shared with her. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that was a factor in what sparked this whole, you know, intimacy issue and searching for like sexualized images and things and then leading to pornography and then leading to searching for a partner and like all these things. But where does it start? Because going back, like I said, no child just wakes up and says, you know, today I'm going to look at porn. Like it starts mm. somewhere. And from like this memory just pops up and I look up at her and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's just revealed the root cause. And it was this memory of me in pre-primary sleeping at a friend's house who was the same age. And I don't know how they, why and how they said what they said, but they must have been you know, unfortunately in their own way exposed to something um, because there's no way that like this child would have just said this because we were about six Mm. Um, and says like, you know, do you want to start doing all these sexual things? And like we did and it became, and that was like pre-primary and like I didn't Mm. even know that was a memory or a thing that I had and I just shared that with her and my roommate just looks at me and she like held my hand and she said, okay, we're going to pray now and this thing's going to be broken So we sat there and we prayed and she said, I want you to, before we pray, just picture Jesus in that room when that moment happened, um, sitting on the bed with you, like little six-year-old, and he's holding your hand and he's saying to you, I forgive you. This is not your fault. I love you. And so I like closed my eyes and I'm picturing this like beautiful moment of like me being there. Um, And Jesus is like, I'm here. Like, I was here the whole time. Like, I saw what happened. I was there in the room. Like, I, it was not your fault. Like, you were six years old. Like, you didn't ask for that to happen to you. And 
I like from that moment yeah we prayed together and we broke it and I was completely set free of that root cause and it comes all back down to the whole like like porn when people struggle with porn there's a root cause and the only like you know or if if you're struggling with lustful thoughts or just you're someone who's stuck in a vicious cycle of like jumping from partner to partner because that's where you get your you know your gratification your identity is from your um your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your spouse like there's a root cause to to everything and the whole and the only reason it's going to be healed is if that root cause is revealed and it's uprooted and completely killed off because otherwise you're just like I said you know like when I was in year 12 like I thought oh I'm saved like surely it'll be healed now but it was something that was just constantly band-aided over and it's Mm. the same thing with when you're cutting grass and you have weeds like you can mow the lawn a hundred times and it'll look pretty for a little bit but that weed's gonna keep coming up Mm. and keep like shooting up unless you like uproot that weed out of the ground and so that whole intimacy and wholeness issue and like of lust like yeah like god revealed it and i'm not saying that was easy like it was a painful process and it's going to be Mm. something that you want like if you're wanting that area of wholeness you're going to be willing to you're going to be willing to 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 chase after it and want it and ask like god reveal it and remove it because until like he does you know it's just going to keep coming back up that wound Mm. isn't going to properly heal it's like picking at a scab Mm. like it's just going to keep you're just going to keep reopening the wound and then asking and then looking at the scab and going God, why can't you just heal it? And God's like, stop picking at it. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Golly. And that just happened only like just a few months ago. Yeah, that was a few months ago. So even though like porn, maybe like porn stopped being an issue in about Mm. year 10, like, it didn't make that yeah. that wound of lust Absolutely. go away. Absolutely. And now, I guess the biggest thing now is after... I feel like we've just really captured your whole journey really well. And we've just kind of been able to see that kind of gradual kind of thing. Yeah. And so now, where, like, a, where you're at now is... With like, dating? Is that well, where the question is I guess dating, going? but also, like, I mean, like, with all this kind of you've been through a massive transformation thing and you work as a, as a chaplain. Yeah. So you're doing this on the daily. You're not just someone who's had this experience and now you're, you know, you're very much wanting to let girls, boys find freedom in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think one of the biggest thing we, we really wanted to talk, what we talked about very strongly was um, just pornography from a female's perspective and things mm. like that. And have you been opening up the conversation? Um, I think a girl's, talking about it in church is it something that's not been much around do you have to kind of actively for me i had to actively not i don't ask i don't really ask girls that much just because of comfortability but with guys sometimes we kind of have to scratch around the surface for a bit and then when they feel comfortable be like how are you going with it and then we can talk about it yeah how is it honestly even before like i got down to the root cause of it it was something i was so passionate about like first being saved like i was particularly this year like very passionate to talk about porn um because it's such a big issue that i think isn't it's not talked about enough and i remember that being the biggest driving factor for me when i first became christian i became 
Um, like right after year 12, I became a youth leader. Mm. And what I started to notice, and there's nothing wrong with this, but every, you know, every time in youth ministry or at like a Youth Alive event or just anything we would do, brotherhood, sisterhood split, which I love, um, the girls would hey, always... Hey, so what's that? So for people that don't know... Okay, that's... so for people who don't know, that's where you kind of like split off into girls and guys like separately. Oh, right. Um, yeah. And you will talk about a different discussion, you know, based... You know, something that perhaps like... Without the shame of the other gender. Yeah, exactly. Without like, yeah. you know, things... So going into things like pornography mm. um, and the kind of, I guess, more controversial um, subjects. And so one thing that I noticed at the beginning was... And the first time the split happened, like, you know, it was great. Like, we got to speak into for the female's identity and for the males, um, they did porn. And I remember first hearing about that. Um, I was so taken back at first because I'm like, oh, I wonder what the boys are talking about. And one of the girls said, oh, they're talking about porn. And I just laughed because I thought she was joking. And she's like, no, I'm being serious. They're in there right now. They're talking about porn. I'm like, oh, okay. And I just thought like, oh, great. I'm so glad someone's talking into that in a church environment. But then I started to notice this was a normal thing of, okay, brotherhood, sisterhood split. Boys talk about porn. Girls talk about identity or something Mm. else. And there's nothing like, you know, there's nothing you can never talk about like those subjects enough. I think that they're so important. Yeah, absolutely. But one thing that I would just get so frustrated at was, could we just switch it up for a second? Because like, you know, like if you look at statistics, like Mm. um, 60, like over half percent of females before nine are looking at porn. Like the statistics are a bit high for boys, but the point is Mm. that there are females. Like if you're in a room of like about a hundred people, like 60 of those girls in the room, if not more or maybe less have or are still looking at pornography. Mm. And it's an issue that I just became super passionate about. Like this needs to be talked about more with girls because it's something that, you know, I struggled with, when I was in high school and if I was going to youth group, it's something that I would have, I think benefited, benefited um, from someone talking about it. And mm. I know for sure there's little girls that um, I'm sure are coming in and struggling in that area um, or have been exploited to something. And, you know, they like, it's a, it's something we just need to, I think, step up and and i know it's uncomfortable Mm. um but it's something we need to i think do a better job at is talking about it not just with boys because then i think it isolates it isolates the conversation and the whole um you know reason that you know god created man and female was so that we could journey together you know like god it only took a few minutes for god to look at adam and be like bro (laughs) this is not good get home boy (laughs) like someone to help him out (laughs) and so like (laughs) (laughs) it was like and enter female and like you know god didn't just do that because he's like great you know like oh just now it works because there's you know one of him, one of her. Like, it was a whole helper. The Bible says, and so God made Adam a helper. And right. so we are there to help each other. We're there to, you yeah. know, walk and journey alongside each other. Yeah. yeah, there's different strengths and weaknesses that, you know, we have and that can complement each other. But it's something that, you know, females need to be brought into that conversation. Otherwise, you're just yeah. isolating boys yeah. in the corner. And I think making, you know, I mean, I can't, like, speak for all boys, but, like, I don't know, just like make them feel isolated that 
it's all on them. Yeah. And it makes yeah. them feel, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, oh, boys yeah. are so gross. Like, they're always watching Ye- porn. But it's yeah. like, you know, females are as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what do you think, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but what do you think kind of comes to mind what you actually want to do about it? Like, as far as, like, bringing things to light, as far as opening up the conversation with girls and guys about porn, great. What do you reckon that would look like to you? What, how do you reckon Practically? You... Yeah. Oh, it's still on the spot. Like, honestly, like, I haven't, like, it's only been, like, a big, big thing that, like, my roommates and I have been so passionately talking about um, this year. Mm. And, um, you know, my roommate, the one who's gone to Melbourne, she, incredible woman of God, and, you know, she, like, you know, absolutely stirs my faith in how she approaches it. Like, she will get into an Uber and be like, hey, like, I'm a Christian and I actually used to struggle with porn and like Jesus has set me free and she's got, you know, this, I don't know. Like an Uber driver. This old Uber driver, like grown man, like crying in the front seat talking about his struggle and she just by speaking up and saying how God has healed her is able to bring healing in someone, like through Jesus into someone's life. And so the conversation has been so big in our household of like what can we do and i'm passionate wow. about like so many other areas in my with my roommates like on things like this such as um like a21 the organization yeah. of sex yeah. trafficking because you yeah. know like porn actually yeah. like you know enables and is a part of sex trafficking yeah um and so i think yeah like just starting the conversation up with people but mm. also like this was another big thing like i remember meeting you and watching your video um with your housemates and Mm. my housemates and i were watching like oh my gosh this is we need to send this out to some people because they um like it's such a big almost can i use the word pandemic (laughs) 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 too soon um can i say that yeah of course um well, I think it is yeah. a big pandemic yeah. that needs to be talked about more and that I think sure. some pe- people are now more openly talking about. Like you've got amazing organizations like um, um, Fight the New Drug, yep. um, which my roommate and I love. Like she just got all of her merch the other day saying like porn kills love. Whoa, and don't wow. um, click to, yeah, clicking, exploiting. I don't know. Right, like yeah. all these things to spark conversation. Wow. And like, I think another one, like a big thing was like this podcast, um, you know, in no way do I want to bring like glory to myself or say, because all of this, this is all like all glory of this is to God. This is none of like, well, I spoke up, therefore yeah, I was healed. Like yeah. this is all the grace and love of Jesus yep. and Jesus healing me. And I just, the whole thing of this podcast is... I just, yeah, I want people to have freedom in this yeah, area. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was another thing. Like, I remember meeting you. Well, I didn't know you were going to ask me to do the podcast. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> seeing you and I'm like, oh my gosh. I think I ran up well, I ran up to you in the bubble tea store and said, yeah. oh my gosh, you're the guy who talks about porn. I love talking about porn. <laughs> yeah. And I remember because we're in like a public setting and all. Like, I, I was kind of like. so loud. Yeah, I was just kind of like, I'm not ashamed, but like. What do I do here? Oh, I know. And there but was a I whole group it. of girls yeah, that yeah. looked over because they caught the back end of me yeah. saying, I love talking about porn. I'm yeah. like, ooh, that might have come out like... Yeah. But that's in ways what it looks like to opening up the conversation. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing. And I think it's always a tricky part of how to go about it because at the end of the day, porn is not okay. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not no. okay. But the last thing we want people to feel is condemned to be looking at it Absolutely. and relapsing and things like that because mm-hmm. it's very sensitive. But then it's been like, okay, let's come together. Like we're saying about helping each other, what's going to be our action plan? Yeah. What's going to be, what are we going to be doing about it? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like victim, victor mentality. Yeah. Um, which is flipping a harsh, harsh yeah. truth. Yeah. Um, so to wrap up this conversation and to wrap up your story, yeah. I want to ask you what kind of advice would you like to give to whether it be girls, boys of all ages, yeah. what kind of final advice would you like to give to them? Yeah, I think just the first um, piece of advice is, um, you know, before anything, like bring it to God. Like if you're serious about wanting, you know, and I'm sure like, you know, people that are listening are like, I'm sure they're not just listening for, you know, for fun. And so if you are struggling, you know, with pornography or with, you know, any kind of lustful, you know, desires and thoughts, like, you know, be honest with God, like not because God doesn't already know he does, but he's a loving father and he desires relationship with us. And even though he already knows, like he wants you to actually come and tell him. And then from there, I would say just like, I know it can be so hard, like that feeling of like, I don't want to tell anyone because I'm ashamed or like, but I think it's so important to bring these things to light because when it's brought to light and out in from the darkness, can there be healing? And can there be like comfort with people? So I would say like, you know, find someone who you're comfortable with and like that can keep you like someone that you're just comfortable and accountable to. And don't pick someone your own age. Um, Mm, I would say, I would say pick someone who like for myself, when I'm going through things, I will go to generally someone older, like um, a married, which they don't have to be married, but like I'll go to, like a married couple because I know that they've journeyed already what I've gone through and they can speak a level of wisdom mm-hmm. into the area. And that's not saying that people my age don't have wisdom, but they're coming from a place of I've already journeyed what you have mm. um, and I'm able to speak into that. So I would say like get around someone who you're comfortable with that you can just be honest with, that you can you know have prayer with be accountable to um and i would say just yes seek wholeness and seek the root cause and it is it is like i'm not gonna sugarcoat it it it's it's a hard process to take but it is so worth it and if you are willing you know like pray that like okay god why do i keep going back what Mm. is the root what is the root cause would you please reveal it and you know it's not going to look the same for everyone like don't think it needs to look like what i had which was you know a memory from childhood and you know what it might but it could be something completely different and just like it's painful but allow god to to reveal that get around someone who can pray into that like know that you are forgiven like this is not um this is not the end like if you keep like messing up just keep getting back up like you know god is not condemning he's a loving god like he is so patient and so kind and he wants wholeness um he wants wholeness for you and don't let the distractions of the world or what the world says yeah don't let the world just tell you you know it's okay to look at porn or you know what like every like all my other christian friends are looking like be that person who's going to stand up and actually get that healing and be able to speak into your friends and other people's lives um so yeah that would be my advice to people out there listening yeah 
Yeah. yeah, well said. Well, thank you very, very much for actually being so vulnerable. Ah, oh, thank it's you. It's been so really cool. Really cool. An hour and a half. We did well. That's a movie. That's a movie. <laughs> That's a movie. Guys, I was going to say thank you for listening to this wonderful movie of, <laughs> um, of Iz's life and um, things like that. If you would like to gain in contact with Iz and you kind of have more questions or just want to have a chat to her, or if this podcast meant anything to you, you want to let her know, um, feel free to um, contact me and then I can individually um, give you Iz's um, contact info from there. So guys, thank you very much for listening to the Happiness Podcast. I've been your host, Daniel Castillo. Guest is... Thank um, you. <laughs> keep fighting the good fight. It is worthwhile mm-hmm. and we're doing it. Keep being a victor. Ciao. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. At the end of the day, we've all got different views on how we see the world. And if you have any questions or want to challenge more of my thinking, you can get in contact with me on Instagram at Dan Casadio. Thank you again for giving me your attention for this bit of time. I genuinely appreciate it and I'm very, very grateful. I hope you win this week. You've got this. God bless. Ciao.